Making the world a better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. Okay, welcome to the George Water Jr. Show on the Hot Radio Show. It is cold. It is cold here in the city of Chicago. It's cold uh, around uh, most places, most uh, uh, cities in the United States. It's just from what I'm gathering uh, from video, uh, snowing, blowing, tornadoes all over the place. What kind of spring is this? This, from the date of this show, this is the um, middle of April 2018. And this is spring as never shown its face, elusive face. It is cold. It. <laughs> I feel sorry for some of the young girls out here because they want to look pretty and they have to, <laughs> they can't do that. Uh, they have to cover up. It is cold. I mean, people are wearing coats, gloves, gold caps. I mean, anything to keep warm. And, and, and also it's been gray and dull and raining. I mean, it just, you know, I, there are some people who are housebound because of this. People who are, they're not hermits. They're just, the weather just keeping them inside. And that's what's happening here because people are talking about, I want to go to the beach so I can take it all off. But you got to put it all on because it is cold. It is, I mean, I mean, it's like January, you know, this is April, but it feels like January. I mean, like it is really some cold temperatures in the city of Chicago. And I know it's probably where you are in certain places of the world, but it is really cold because, and there's been some casualties, not in the term, not in terms of death, but baseball. I mean, baseball has, I mean, the Cubs, they, they've had their uh, problems with a, a lot of games that have been canceled. Also the White Sox. So a lot of, you know, um, uh, fans can't get to watch uh, baseball on television or either, or either go to the park and sit there and watch a game, a game that they love because of the weather. I mean, who wants to sit there for, for maybe three or four hours freezing to death? You know, so uh, a lot of the baseball um, games around this city, at least, I, I, that I know of, I'm pretty sure there's other baseball, uh, baseball uh, MLB uh, cancellations around 
America, but I do know it, it's hitting hard here in Chicago because we have some diehard baseball fans. And it, it is a cold son of a you-know-what here in, in the city of Chicago, and it's still cold. And as I, I'm shivering as I speak. No, 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 I'm fine. But it's, <laughs> I'm shivering thinking about it, right? Um, it, it's cold. I mean, it, it, this has been one unusual uh, spring. I haven't seen it. I mean, I don't think too many, too many people in the uh, Chicago area, or maybe in other areas around America and other places, they haven't seen spring either because in some states, some cities around America, I mean, there is mountains and mountains of snow in April. You know, it's just crazy. It's just something we have to deal with. I mean, um, and you watch the uh, weather people on, on television, on, uh, you know, cable and broadcast television, you watch these folks and you feel sorry for them because you know they just can't get it right, you know. Uh, a lot of these uh, weather people whom they now call themselves meteorologists, I don't know why, because they get to so much of this stuff wrong. Um, <laughs> but they do have a lot of young ladies uh, telling the weather now, and, you know, and they don't know what they're doing, most of them. Uh, because you really can't rely on some of these forecasters. Uh, you know, I mean, because the weather shifts, it changes, it's unpredictable. And for them to tell you that it's going to be this or that or that or this, they don't know. Especially when they're trying to tell us about a forecast way in advance of the day that they're speaking on. I mean, anything can happen from now to then. Weather changes. It fluctuates. It goes up and down. It's predictable. So, you know, uh, if they're saying, well, next week is going to be 70 and next week gets here, it's 20. They can't. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot really uh, predict the weather that way because the weather fluctuates. But I do know this, when the weather is cooperating, when it's nice weather, great weather, I mean, outside weather, you know, for everybody, the beaches, the lake parks and all this kind of thing, everybody's out barbecuing and, and having a great time in the sunshine. The meteorologists, they say they brought the weather. We brought this great weather. Go out and have a great time. But when it's 20 below zero, you're not going to hear them say that. Well, I, I'm just the mouthpiece. I, I'm just the uh, deliverer. I'm just the messenger. I don't know. But when it's beautiful and great and wonderful and everybody's heading to the lakefront in their skimpies, the weather people say, yeah, we brought this. We're the one who brought this, America. We brought this. But the minute it snows... And it's tornadoes and hurricanes. They're running from everything. And a lot of the uh, meteorologists, they blame, when the weather's bad, they blame the modules. They blame um, the technology. They, they will not put the blame on themselves. They'll blame some, well, there was the machine over there. Well, there was a power Doppler 5. Uh, this model says this. That model says this. That model says this. Uh, it's always skimpy. They will never put the blame on themselves for not actually really knowing. Then we have one, uh, I'm not going to name it, <laughs> one television station, broadcast uh, television station, who claims, they claim that they're the most accurate weather announcers, people around. They're the most accurate in America. 
Now, I don't think they, I think a lot of people, a lot of viewers got on their asses about that because they don't say that anymore. They, they're the most accurate when they're the most inaccurate, in my, in my opinion, and a lot of uh, people's opinion around Chicago. But, but, if, but if I can get back and say this, we do not have a spring, not in the city of Chicago. We're all waiting for it. We're all waiting for it to happen. And maybe it will happen at some point. But I don't know. I mean, because I think this time of the year in the city of Chicago and around other places in America, cities and states and stuff like that, uh, it should be at least 60 to 70 degrees every single day with rain. Yeah, some rain, not a pouring down of rain or anything, but it should be rain because you want the flowers to grow. You want the leaves to grow back on the trees and turn real, very, very pretty green and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's just not happening. And uh, people are just, uh, we, we woke up this morning. <laughs> we woke up this morning and it was about an inch or two inches of snow on the ground. And we were all shocked. We were all shocked at that. So uh, maybe it'll get better. We hope it'll get better. It has to get better. I mean, this is spring. We're waiting to see it. It's going to show up at some time. Maybe. I, I remember a few times in the city of Chicago when there was no spring during the March, April, and May months. There was no spring. Uh, we just went from winter to summer. Bingo. That was it. It could be the same thing <laughs> to this spring. Winter to bing to winter to, to summer. Bang. That's it. You know, forfeit springtime. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You've been listening to the to the George Wilder doing the show. And uh, yeah, I'm, I have this great big old window in front of me. I'm in my studio and I can look out my window. We can look out the window here and we can see people bundle up and, <laughs> and wherever they have to go, they're trying to get there immediately so they can get back and get inside because it is very cold. And they're, they're, brought, they're forecasting, sorry, they're forecasting more snow for tonight. You know, so, and they're saying that we're going to have to suffer through, um, more of this unseasonable weather that we're having that doesn't seem to want to give up. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and I've been talking about bad weather, no springtime, no nothing whatsoever. Anyway, uh, we're going to do this, and we will be right back. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for tuning in.
All right. Uh, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen loses bid to block review of documents seized in the FBI raid. So that's a, that's a loss for Donald Trump. They try to stop the. I'm, I'm pretty sure you've heard about the uh, FBI raid on Donald Trump's lawyer's office, Michael Cohen, and they uh, went to court today to try to stop. Uh, 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 to try to stop and block the review of the documents that were seized in his office, his house, and his hotel room. So they lost the case. This is a loss for Donald Trump. The judge is saying that this was the FBI raid. It was conducted properly. There was a warrant. The, the, the judge presented a warrant because this judge particularly, this judge thought there was a, a crime that could have been committed, that may have been committed. Cohen loses bid to block review of documents seized in the FBI, FBI raid. Federal judge may appoint a special master to help sift through any documents, however. This is bad for Donald Trump. So much winning for Donald Trump, right? And the guy hasn't won anything yet, and he, he lost this. He was trying to uh, stop the government from sifting through a lot of the documents, a bunch of stuff that they seized from his lawyer, Donald Trump's lawyer, personal confidant, the fixer, his friend. Wow. Okay, federal judge on Monday rejected efforts by President Donald Trump and his longtime attorney, Michael Cohen, to block prosecutors from reviewing documents seized from Cohen in the FBI, in the FBI raids last week. It, it wonders what the hell are they hiding? What are they hiding? This administration, if they are so innocent, they are acting as if they're guilty as hell. If you're if you're innocent, you're not gonna go around acting like you're totally guilty. But these dummies, they do. And the judge was uh, Kimba Wood said she may appoint someone as a special master to mediate any review of the documents, according to the New York Times. FBI raided Cohen's office, home, hotel, and, uh, okay, home and hotel room, okay? Last week, seized a brevy of materials, including documents related to the hush money payment to the adult film star Stormy Daniels, a.k.a. Stephanie Clifford. Trump allies are also worried that the FBI may obtain a gold mine of recordings coin made with the associates close to with the associates close to the president. This is a bombshell. Uh, they cannot stop the FBI from sifting through all that evidence. Evidence. Trump is gone. Trump is history. He may, and I've said this before, Trump should resign because resigning, it, it would save uh, America uh, a bit of uh, humiliation if he just quit. Because if he has to go through impeachment proceedings, um, it's going to take America further, further down. So he should just uh, 
resign because he lost this. And uh, with them trying to um, stop this, stop the uh, government from sifting through those documents, those seized documents, I, when I first heard this, I said, this can't happen. This is not going to happen. You're not going to. It was like, it reminded me of the, of the time when Michael's wolf fire and fury was out and it blasted Trump. Trump and his lawyers tried to stop the publication of the book, publication of a book. You know, he's not king. He's not the emperor. He can't do that. He cannot stop the FBI from sifting through a lot of uh, material files uh, and documents uh, that were seized in a FBI raid. He cannot stop that. And his lawyers should know that. But you know, maybe they're just as stupid as their boss. Who knows? Wow. Okay. Lawyers representing Trump and Cohen had attempted to block, okay, just, I just got through saying this, uh, prosecutors from sifting through any seized files arguing that they are protected by attorney-client privilege. No, you're not. Not if there's, a, there, not if there's evidence of a crime. That is the reason why this warrant was given, not if there's evidence of a crime, not if there's probable cause. Client and <laughs> client and attorney privileges are thrown out of the window. Okay. They had proposed allowing coin coin or an independent attorney to review them first. The, these searches, okay, I'm quoting somebody. These searches have been executed and the evidence is locked down. Wow. I'm not trying to, to, okay, I'm not trying to delay. I'm trying to ensure that it's done scrupulously. Oh, man, this is something. Trump lost. Whatever they are trying to hide, especially uh, trying to keep uh, prosecutors from uh, looking at the evidence or finding evidence in the documents that have been raided, whatever they're trying to hide will be found out. This is why I say Trump should just take the easy way out and resign. There is so much shit swirling around Donald Trump. I just don't see how this guy does it. I'm mountains and mountains of garbage is just swirling around him. I don't know, but I think this is going to take him down. It may not. He's a narcissist. He doesn't feel any pain. He doesn't feel empathy. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't have any feelings, you know. So, uh, you know. But um, this has got to take him down. Um, uh, this is something, you know. And this is the latest. And uh, let's see. Yeah, this is like uh, almost as smart as vid videotaping your crime spree. These um, Trump and his gang or his goons, as I call them, these guys are are the Keystone cops. They're so guilty. <laughs> it's a damn shame. You know, um, and a lot of people are saying, why don't his wife leave, leave him? I, I couldn't care less if she leaves him or not. Well, if you think about it, she knew what she was getting into. She knew what the kind of what kind of guy he was. 
She's not going to leave him. The money's too good. I mean, she loves living in that mansion and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> the money. Uh, uh, the cl- I'm hearing that the uh, Trump clothing line is actually uh, gone. Nobody's buying that stuff. You know, I'm hearing that uh, the, a lot of that clothing line that Ivanka, Mel- Melania, you know, they were uh, business women. I guess they had their clothing line in in all these stores around here. And these stores have just, you know, uh, stopped selling their merchandise, stopped carrying the Trump name, the Trump brand. So there is trouble in Trumpville. You know, I mean, there is really trouble in Trumpville, I would think especially after this latest revelation, because Cohen, his lawyer, um, Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, loses his bid to block review of the documents seized in the FBI raid. I I wonder what's going to be their next next move. I wonder what's their next move, because Trump and his goons, they always have a next move. I agree with um, uh, James Comey, and I've said it. Donald Trump acts like a mob boss. He acts as if he's the godfather in the White House. They done trashed that White House. He's the godfather. You know, I mean, if you ever seen a 1972 movie with Marlon Brando and uh, and what's the other guy's name who played Michael <laughs> Al Pacino? that's what's going on in the White House, and that's what the American people do not want. I saw uh, Kellyanne Conway, and I've seen uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, They're giving giving their thoughts on what's going on. I really don't care what their thoughts are. I mean, they are just uh, ass kisses for Donald Trump, and they would say anything for their boss even though they know he's he's uh, he's going down. All right, uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Yeah, well, it's it's always something with Donald Trump, and I try not. I, I don't want to really talk about Trump all the time on the show, but this guy is just <laughs> he sucks up all the air in the room until you have to say something.
basically, they spend all the time in the lawyer. Welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. I was just speaking about Trump and uh, his lawyer and, uh, you know, and uh, things aren't working out so well for them. You know, so I'm pretty sure they're going to come up with some more tricks to try to trick us. All righty. All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. You're on. Hi, this is Christy Tersnick. Hey, we were respecting you. Thanks for doing the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for your time. So um, let me see. So can you tell my audience a little bit about yourself? Give us a bio. And we're going to talk about mindset, motivation, meditation, and things like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my name is Christy Tersnick, and I'm a motivational speaker. Uh-huh. I help people to shine light on their shadows, to understand that mindset is everything, and really to show mm-hmm. up as powerful creators in their life so that they can understand that they have the power to create a life where every day feels like a day at the beach. It's it's very easy to create that magical life for yourself. You said day at the beach. <laughs> absolutely. I was thinking when that, you right? I was thinking when you said day at the beach, it's been cold as hell in the city of Chicago, snowing and raining. We wish there was a day at the beach. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Yeah, absolutely. 
I was going to say Christy Terzik on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Are you an author? I am an author. Yes, I published my uh, my first book last uh, last October, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it went uh, number one, uh, best selling, and it was actually wow. endorsed by Michael Bernard Beckwith, yeah, of The Secret. So yeah. it's got some uh, nice, uh, um, you know, reinforcement of its validity and the message that is within it. So yeah, absolutely. It's called uh, Mindset Magic: oh, Using wow, Scientific that's... and Spiritual Principles to Create Your Life. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Sounds good. So uh, can you read us an excerpt of this book a little later on? Uh, We would like to hear a little bit more about it. When you say mindset, what exactly do you mean? Mindset is really the predominant thoughts and ideas that you have that Mm-hmm. Uh, that determine what sorts of uh, of actions or behaviors you take moving forward. So you can have either a limited mindset or you can have an expansive open mindset, and either one will uh, cause you to have uh, possibilities brought to you based on what it is that your mindset is and how you're thinking. Oh, wow. Sounds great. And this book is probably, your latest book is probably filled with a lot of your own experiences some of your own experiences that you're using to try to help elders. Yeah, yeah, definitely some of uh, some of my own personal experiences. And really, mm-hmm. uh, this book was created um, from the, the death of my father, followed, uh, you know, uh, in conjunction with the birth of my daughter. So I had some significant life events that uh, prompted me to really start to ask some of the deeper questions for, you know, why are we here? What are we um, what are we doing? What's the purpose of life? And I knew at some point my daughter would be asking those questions. Mm-hmm. So the book itself is really the journey to understanding how the the minds that we have are operating and how we can uh, begin to take more of, of an ownership over you know what it is that we're experiencing. And then how do we use that mindset that we have in conjunction with the underlying principles of the universe and be able to be co-creators? and create this magical life that we want for ourselves. So the beginning parts of the book is very, um, very educational. It's, this is what's taking place. And the second half of it is practical application of a specific meditation and focused uh, visualizations to help, help, you know, the readers go through yeah. um, specific topics such as abundance or, you know, t- touching base with the wisdom or tapping into that place of stillness that's always within or just, you know, relaxing, which so many of us need. Yeah. And when you say relaxing, I guess you're talking about incorporating meditation. Yeah, incorporating um, some sort of, of time where you're really just tuning yeah. the outside world um, out and, and connecting with that, that stillness that you have within. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that, that structured meditation where you sit down and, you know, spend the, you know, the half an hour or whatever it might be. It could be like a walking yeah. meditation. It could be just focusing your attention on a particular uh, visualization that's going to help you to achieve that kind of peacefulness or outcome that, that it is that you're looking for. Yeah, you're right about that. When you think of meditation, you think of someone sitting in a corner or something and just waving their hands and, you know, magical. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah right. That's the way I thought of it. You can also meditate when you're walking, when you're, uh, you know, when you're mobile, you're moving around and uh, doing things. And you, you can still be medit- as you're washing the dishes, maybe, or, you know, or doing the laundry. You mm-hmm. can still be meditating. Is that what you're, you're saying? 
Yeah, a- absolutely. There are different uh, levels mm-hmm. and different um, focuses on, on the meditation. Yeah. So the ones that I, you know, that I am teaching in the book are more like the guided meditations that will help you to uh, focus on achieving specific things in your life. So you don't have to work as mm-hmm. hard, but like, you know, like you're saying, when you're doing the dishes, you can just be connecting with that part of you that knows truly all of the answers to any question that you already have. Um, when you mm-hmm. tap into that, you're really being able to, uh, to gain such tremendous insight and wisdom. Uh, just simply by calming yourself and, you know, slowing down all of the mental chatter yeah. and really hearing yeah. what your spirit is saying to you. And you're a motivational speaker. I guess you travel around and you talk to people and I'm pretty sure you get a lot of positive responses from what you're, from what they're learning from you. Yes. Yeah, a- absolutely. That's one of the greatest pleasures that I have is being able to yeah. Uh, help people to really understand the power that they have mm-hmm. within them and to know that, you yeah. know, it's nothing um, that those people that we, you know, that we see up on those, those platforms or, you know, the, the role models that we sometimes idolize, like they're no different than us. They've just tapped into a different part of them and they have a different purpose. So really knowing that we're all here for a purpose that we each matter yeah. in our own unique way and that we can, the, the more that we're allowing ourselves to step into who it is that we are, then by doing so, we're allowing ourselves to uplift the world in a way that only we can. So it's truly yeah. wonderful to be able to witness that. Mm-hmm. So you're saying if someone, if, 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 if someone picks up your book and decides to read it and decide to incorporate a lot of the things in your book into the, into their lives, you're saying that uh, they uh, themselves will change their mindset. Yeah. So we all have the ability to choose what it is that mm-hmm. we think about and, you know, where our focus is going to be. You know, if you, uh, you know, if you look outside, you had, uh, you know, said how cold it is in Chicago, right? You know, it's the same thing where I am up in <laughs> uh, the Milwaukee area. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like we have an opportunity to look at the, you know, the snow and the cold and to really see and it, like, it depresses how, you. you know, how, it depresses some people, yeah. but, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. you're saying don't let that depress you. Don't let that bother you. It, life is a lot better than that in some ways. Well, yeah. And, you know, it just with something as simple as a snow, you can look at it and say, yeah. you know, it, it's really cold. It makes, you know, me not be able to do all the things that I want to. But on the flip side, yeah. you can say, you know, it is really a beautiful phenomenon that we get to witness. Uh, you know, from Mother Nature, and it's, yeah, it's you know, preparing April, yeah. to give life to, it's, you know, preparing to give life to <laughs> all of these things that as the snow melts moving forward, you know, it's going to be nourishing all of those. So it's really just a different perspective on what it is that you want to focus on, because, you know, there's the, the good and the, the bad in everything that yeah. there is. It's where's your attention with everything. In so other words, stay it, positive. It's Stay positive. Yeah, absolutely. Allow yourself to, yeah. you know, to really find the, the gold um, or that silver lining, yeah. as they say, right, in, in every yeah. aspect. I totally agree. I, I, I agree. I think a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of people in the world who are just focused on the negative. Uh, that, and there's and some people you can reach and some people you cannot reach. I mean, that's just a given. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But you focus on those who want to be helped, who want to uh, do something good and further and further their lives. You know, you go out to the ones you can get because, uh, but you're saying in your book that anyone who reads your book and anyone who is uh, 
want to do something with their lives will be able to accomplish that by reading this book if they put their mind to it. You know, I, I do believe that that is possible because, mm-hmm. again, we are, mm-hmm. you know, co-creating with the, the power that is greater than, than us. You know, it's that, that uh, you know, that source from where everything yeah. came uh, and, and comes, you know. So it's really just our job, as, as I see it, is to get clear on what it is that we want and to hold the thoughts and the beliefs that are going to match that expectation. And then we allow the, the principles of the universe to really rearrange itself and bring those things for us um, to to our awareness and when those things come then it becomes our responsibility to say yes to all of those opportunities because Mm. you know if you don't say yes to those things that are in alignment with what it is that you want they're going to move on to the next person and you're going to be yeah i totally agree so yeah yeah, so, you know, certainly it will help you to sh- understand the, the power that you have. It helps you to understand how the subconscious mm-hmm. mind works. And, you know, because when you have a particular thought, um, what happens within your subconscious is it uh, filters out everything that does not match that expectation. So you literally do not see that um, what could be before you if you had just shifted your mindset uh, just a slight mm-hmm. little bit because, you know, on the, on the quantum energetic level, uh, you know, at the deepest level of where, where we all are, those opportunities that are not in harmony with our, our underlying beliefs and thoughts, they literally disappear. So we limit ourselves based on what it is that we are saying and affirming uh, to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and okay. again, like our job is just to, to show up and say yes to those things that are matching that. What are people verbally, what are people saying about your book? You know, thank you for asking that. I've had such tremendous praise uh, for mm-hmm. the book, and it, it has been that the way that the, the book is outlined is it's identifying all the specific laws of the, you know, of the world that are taking place. And many people have commented mm-hmm. that it helps to really understand what is taking place. So it makes it less um, airy fairy, you know, like, you know, woo woo mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, that mystical <laughs> realm and it brings it yeah. down to earth and, you know, saying this is science based, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and the, this is why it can work so easily and effortlessly is because this is part of how the physical and spiritual world work together. Um, yeah. So the the feedback that I've been getting is that it has helped people to not only understand more about themselves, but you really um, dive deep into what is it that I'm creating for myself? Is this life that I'm living? Is it in alignment with what I want for myself moving forward? So it's you know it definitely helped to transform um, a lot of people's lives. And you know I've heard yeah, that yeah. some um, yeah some wellness practitioners have now included it as a resource mm-hmm. for the client work that they're doing. So it's it's definitely mm-hmm. being received very well. That's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. It sounds like a magnificent book. And uh, I want everybody out there that's listening to this to make sure you pick up Christy Terzek's book. Okay, tell us, uh, give us the full title of you, the full title of the book and tell us where we can go find it. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's called Mindset Magic, Using Scientific and Spiritual Principles okay. to Create Your Life. And it is available uh, through my website, which is powerful-mindmind.com. Um, or you can certainly go to Amazon and find it there, um, either in the, you know, the Kindle or the, uh, the print version. Um, if you do go through the website, um, I have gathered about 13 or 14 other 
wellness practitioners uh, that are supportive of the book to offer extra um, value to the to the readers. Um, you know, just in in increasing the overall wellness and the the gratitude of what it is that you're creating as you start to claim ownership of your life. So um, yeah, definitely many ways of of getting it. Yeah, and Christy, I'm gonna take this. Uh, uh, I'm gonna take this uh, episode of the show. I'm gonna um, uh, put it everywhere I can, where people can find it and listen to you on the show and uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm gonna put it all on those sites, and you can too. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to uh, uh, promote the book as much as I can. Okay, uh, from the George oh, Wilder Jr. Show, Mindset Magic. No problem. It sounds like a great book, and I, I advise people to go out there and pick it up. Um, uh, and um, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to send you a link to the show, this show right here. So mm-hmm. you're on it. You did the interview. You recorded and all that stuff. You can take it and put it on your web, your website. And people can come by your website and listen to you uh, on this show from your website. Is that cool? That is fabulous. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. It sounds like a great book. <laughs> And thank you, thank you for the yeah. book. I mean, it, I mean, you're about helping people, motivating people, and trying to get the best mm-hmm. out of people, trying to get people to see them themselves as great. And 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 you know, I mean, this also uh, can probably you know, uh, you know, get them to, get them to get out and get more exercise and whatever you know. So yeah. thanks for being on the show, and I'm gonna get this link to you in a, in a few hours, and I'm gonna be if you're on Facebook, you can probably uh, 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 Facebook me. I wanted to say Google me, but I said Facebook yep. me, and you will see <laughs> that, that. And you will see that I will have this link up on Facebook. And I have a lot of friends and and all this kind of stuff. And the show has a lot of friends. And and we're going to try and get this book out because we think it's something that people ought to have. Oh, perfect! Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You know that's, Thank that's you part for of doing the reason the why I wrote it was the impact. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Take care. Yeah, that I know. I know. And that's what this show is all about, making the world a better place. And you're helping to make that world a better place. And we we do appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Christy Terzik on the George Wilder Jr. Show, helping to make the world a better place on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> I just love that laugh. <laughs> I mean, she just cracks me up sometimes. And uh, we're back on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Pick up that book, folks. Uh, uh, Mindset Magic. Uh, it, it's a great book. I mean, I'm going to pick it up, too, because I think it's great. I love reading. I love reading. I love learning. You never stop learning. You never stop learning, no matter how old you are. Believe me, folks, I learn something every day, all the time. And I do, do appreciate it. And... um we will be right
Carl, uh, what is your reaction to the president saying the Mueller probe never should have started in the first place? He said that all along, and he's determined to shut it down. Those who are closest to him will tell you it's very hard for them to stop his rages, especially in the last couple of weeks, about Mueller. And that they say to me and others that, that he is determined to shut this investigation down. He hasn't quite figured out how to do it, but he's determined to do it. And the real question here is uh, whether the rule of law uh, and the avoidance of a constitutional, a real constitutional crisis, which we're really approaching here because he is saying essentially he is not going to be held accountable to the law, that the law does not apply to him, that this uh, investigation is in itself illegal. And he believes, as Jeff Greenfield, Greenfield has just said, uh, that he can convince his base and a lot of the Republican Party that he doesn't have to be held accountable because they will be convinced as well that this is a witch hunt. And in fact, it's anything but. And one of the reasons we're seeing what we are right now is the president, according to those around him, uh, has expressed the belief uh, or certainly the attitude that he thinks this investigation is closing in on him, on his family and in, on his businesses. And there's real evidence, uh, circumstantial, that this is the case. And certainly lawyers involved in this uh, for other defendants believe that is the case and also that a set of indictments uh, is just over the horizon now the, how, how, how do you know that you that say a set go. of indictments on the way is is over the horizon yes i think that that certainly that other lawyers involved in this believe that a new set of indictments is uh, if not imminent very close uh, but we don't know for sure that that's going to happen uh, and, and you got to wait until something is fi filed with the court. But certainly the belief around the president in the White House, those who talk to him, is that he is expressing the attitude that he needs to shut this thing down. He hasn't tried, figured out the way to do it yet. Uh, except to appeal to this base, because we are in this country, as Jeff's comments indicated, uh, in the midst of a cold civil war, a cultural and political cold civil war. And Donald Trump, it predates Donald Trump, but he has exploited it brilliantly uh, and takes advantage of it. And the other thing that's involved here, and, and I'll let you ask another question and stop talking here in a second, is that this is very much about lying. That, that one of the things that we've seen, even with uh, the Prime Minister of Canada in the last week, is the compulsive or endemic lying by the President of the United States. And he tells us there's no collusion here. There's nothing here. Uh, in fact, we have from the record, you can say this journalistically, as a repertorial fact, whether you're on Fox, CNN, or MSNBC, it doesn't matter. The repertorial fact is this President lies. And why do we have any reason to believe that he's not lying about the Russia investigation and what's underneath it. We have less reason to believe him than we do the witnesses, the journalists, and the evidence that we've seen so far. It doesn't mean that there's evidence yet that we have seen of definitive collusion, but Mueller, I think we can, we can say, is trying to build a vast narrative of Trump, his business, and his uh, political aspirations in dealing with the Russians from the beginning, getting money from people who are Russians, ethno-Russians, and then running for office, and how all of these pieces of the puzzle fit together. I could listen to you all day, Carl.
but well, you brought up I, I lies. I went on there. So let's Pardon go me. through some of the lies from this week. I, I made a sure. list of these. There's different kinds of lies, right, Carl? The RNC's talking points for this weekend, for example. I got a hold of the talking points. Let me put it on screen. It says, despite the media's fixation with White House palace intrigue, there is no chaos in the Trump administration. <laughs> Obviously, that's not true, but that's just a kind of silly lie, right? That's spin. On well, the other hand, there's lies with serious consequences, though. Well, look at the ICE official in Can San Francisco who had enough. He resigned. This is an ICE spokesman who said he just couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't spread falsehoods for the Trump administration. And then, as you mentioned, Trump himself uh, saying to fundraisers at a private fundraiser that, oh, yeah, he made up some facts with the Canadian prime minister. There's all these different kinds of, of fibs or falsehoods we've seen, but some of them have real consequences. Now, the, the lying by the president of the United States is what's important here, not by the RNC being craven and backing him up, because that is the big question here. Are Republicans, as happened during Watergate, going to have some spine and not be craven and say, look, we believe in the rule of law. We support this president and his policies, but we want to know what happened here, if indeed, the Mueller investigation is what Donald Trump says it is, which is a fake and a witch hunt and all the rest. There will be plenty of time after his investigation is finished, if he is allowed to complete the investigation, to find everything he did, Mueller, that is underhanded, illegal, a witch hunt. I don't think that's going to happen from everything we know about Mueller, and he's a straight shooter as we know. He's a Republican. He plays it by the book. But there is every opportunity, and Republicans ought to rally around this and say, look, let this investigation go forward. If there is any malfeasance or misfeasance by the investigators, we will find out about it after we find out the facts about Russia, about Donald Trump, about his family, about his business organization. Let's get the facts. But if there has been malfeasance by the investigators, those investigators ought to go to jail. And they ought to be put on that there ought to be a legal procedure to, the, to deal with, with any malfeasance or misfeasance, real malfeasance or misfeasance, not simple errors that are made in a legitimate investigation. But you do that after the fact. And what we have seen today so far uh, from Senator Graham and from some others is perhaps hopefully the beginning of Republicans saying, yes, there is a line we will not cross about the rule of law. The rule of law shall prevail here. We'll find out the facts. We'll deal with the investigators later. Uh, but in this cultural civil war, in this cold civil war, there's a real question, as Jeff Greenfield has said today, of whether or not it's possible for a legitimate investigation to prevail as opposed to an authoritarian, demagogic president appealing to a base that has the Republican Party so far held hostage. So, Carl, what is the role of the press as you see it in this difficult moment? To stay repertorial to be really rigidly repertorial, not to go beyond what we know. And it's very difficult because when you say that the President of the United States lies and lies repeatedly, that's very difficult to listen to, particularly if you are a supporter of the President. And at the same time, it is a repertorial demonstrable fact that everyone has to deal with here. And it's true of this whole story. But I think that the less we show ourselves as provocative, 
Uh, if we can keep our tone to being as repertorial as we can, and at the same time be strict in terms of pointing out what we know, what is fact, what is speculation, we have seen in the last year the greatest reporting on the presidency, presidency of the United States by a great number of news organizations that we've seen in the last 50, 60 years in this country, by the New York Times, by the Washington Post, by the Wall Street Journal, whose owner, Rupert Murdoch, is a supporter of, pre, of the president, by some right-wing outfits as well that have, you know, part of the conservative movement uh, has opposed this president's lying and interference with legal procedure. You look at what Bill Kristol has said. You look uh, at what Jennifer Rubin has said in the, in the Washington Post. Right-wing people, movement conservatives, not all of them by any means support this president's flouting the rule of law especially. Uh, what we are seeing now is a crossroads this weekend, and that is whether or not the rule of law, the Constitution of the United States, the legitimacy of the Republican Party as an institution that believes in the principles that we have held dear in this country for years and established in Watergate once again by the Supreme Court and by Republicans in Congress who were brave enough to take on the president of the United States when he said he was above the law, that's where we are right now. And we are at a moment that is crucial in the history of this country because it is clear that Donald Trump wants to bury this investigation. Always wanted to get... All right, we're dead air here. Um, pretty sure it just went out. Anyway, thanks for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Sorry for the dead air. Uh, we didn't know that clip gone off. Uh, so quickly, so easily. Okay, let's do this. This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. When I first saw the tweet this morning, I was frankly disgusted. I thought to myself, this dude has got such a fixation with women and blood. What is wrong with him? And then you remember that this dude, this disgusting dude, is the president of the United States. Dude? And you realize just how much he is diminishing the presidency of the United States. You realize that what he is doing is not just acting for Donald Trump. He's acting for all of us. He's acting for our president. And he is embarrassing. He is shameful. He is disgusting. And I'll say this about Republicans. I'm really tired of hearing words like disappointed, like disturbed, like I'm bothered, like I wish he wouldn't do it. It's time that somebody looks at the camera and looks at him and calls him up and says, listen, you crazy lunatic 70 year old man, baby. Stop it. You are now the president of the United States, the commander in chief. And you need to stop acting like a mean girl because we just won't take it. We won't vote with you. We won't work with you. I can't I can't start talking about tax reform. I can't st start talking about health care reform because I can't get past the fact that we have a president who lacks the sufficient character. We have a president who is mean. We have a president who is nasty. We have a president who is immature, unstable, and just acts like a crazy person with anybody who attacks him because he's got thin skin and he is never going to pivot. And anybody around him, whether it's his daughter, his chief of staff, his wife, who I remind you had said her signature issue was going to be fighting against online bullying or any Republican on the Hill, stop enabling him. Confront this and confront this 
hard or it will never stop and it will embarrass all of us. It will take the presidency low, low, low. I suspect the president is not going to accept your advice, but what do you believe he needs to do to fix this? Stop. Look, if you can't control your tweeting habits, then stop tweeting. Go seek therapy. Go knit. Find a hobby. Talk to your wife. Do anger management. You've got to realize once and for all, you are no longer just Donald Trump. You're no longer just speaking for Trump Tower and Trump brand and Trump hotels and Trump stakes. You are speaking for an entire country. And our people do not deserve to be embarrassed and be represented by somebody who is so unfit for the job. So you've got to start pivoting. You've got to start acting presidential. You should have started six months ago. But start now if you couldn't do it back then. All right, Trump's personal lawyer coughs up the name of a mystery client. And if you're following this and you're interested, then you know it's Sean Hannity. I mean, I I was just thrown back when um it was uh reported and and Sean has actually acknowledged it. Uh Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity who is a staunch Trump supporter. He stomps on every one of uh, Trump's enemies. Sean Hannity over at Fox News is one of the clients, is a client of uh, Michael Cohen, who is the confidant and fixer lawyer to Donald Trump. Folks, this plot just thickens. It thickens. (laughs) It it's Dickens, movie of the week. All right, an adult film star Stormy Daniels looked looked on. Federal judge ordered U.S. Uh, President Donald Trump, longtime personal lawyer Michael Cohen, to cough up the name of a client he had hoped to keep secret at Monday court hearings. He was supposed to keep uh, Sean Hannity's name out of the court hearings. Fox News personality, Sean Hannity, and outspoken champion of the president. Oh, yeah, he just kisses Donald Trump's ass, and he's proud to do so. Uh, Sean Hannity is one of the worst people there are, there is, but he's a backer of Donald Trump, and a Donald Trump is a backer of Sean Hannity. If Donald Trump goes on television, he goes on Fox News. More preferably, he goes on the uh, uh, Sean Hannity show. And Sean Sean, Sean, as I said, he did respond. He said uh, that he had never paid for Cohen services or been represented by him, but had sought confidential legal advice from him. Uh-oh, somebody's lying. Somebody's lying. Either Michael Cohen is lying or Sean Hannity is lying. Uh, because Michael Cohen is saying, Michael Cohen is saying that John was a client. And then John, John later on says that he was not a client. See, folks, the plot, the plot just thickened with this bull crap. All right. President Donald Trump's longtime lawyer, Michael Cohen, to cough up the name of a client. He was hope he hoped not. He, he hoped to keep quiet. It says Sean, Clint, Sean Hannity, excuse me, was a client. And then Sean Hannity said he was not a client. He had never been 
uh, represented by him. Okay, so that has nothing to do with uh, American policy. This is between these two guys and Trump. Cohen, Trump's fiercely loyal lawyer, was in Manhattan federal court to ask the judge to limit the ability of the federal prosecutors prosecutors to review documents seized in his offices and home last week as a part of a criminal investigation. Investigations has frustrated the White House as it has spread to enfold some of Trump's closest confidants, including Sean Hannity, who says Michael Cohen never represented him. He never paid Cohen for services or been represented by him. Cohen calls Sean Hannity a client. If a lawyer calls you a client of his, he is representing you. That's your lawyer. Now, this is something else from Mueller, Robert Mueller, the special counsel who is involved in these investigations to try to figure out somebody's lying. <laughs> As always in the Trump administration, there's a ton of lies. Always in the Trump administration. But this is a surprise. This hit everybody by surprise by naming uh, the naming of Sean Hannity. Uh, made him only the latest outsized media person, outside outsize uh, media personality to be drawn into the investigations cast of unlikely supporters, supporting characters, another stripper, an actress. Daniel sat in the back of the gallery's public courtroom. Okay. She sat in the back of the courtroom as a part of her efforts to keep the attention on her story relating to what she said is a past affair with Donald Trump. <laughs> Daniels is engaged. She is engaged in a separate civil suit fight over $130,000 she received uh, in a 2016 agreement arranged by Michael Corn to stop her from discussing a sexual encounter she says she had with Donald Trump a decade earlier. Photographs knocked over Barricades, photographers, knocked over photographers, knocked over uh, barricades outside the courtroom as they scrambled to get pictures of, of Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, arriving dressed in a lavender suit inside. That's kind of not so skimpy for her. Inside, she quickly took a seat in the public gallery with her lawyer, but she had a lot to say. I mean, Stormy Daniels, the porn star, had. She, I mean, she had a lot to say after this. It after this was over, as soon as the judge turned Michael Corn and Donald Trump down, she had a lot to say because she was the winner in this. She won. She won. Trump lost. Uh, Trump has to stop. Trump, Trump and and his team has to stop thinking that they are above the law. They are not above the law. The president, he's not king. He's not an emperor. He's the president of the United States, and he will soon be out of office because this is just too much. This is too much for me to handle. And I, <laughs> but, he, but Donald Trump, 71, 72 years old, he seems to be handling it pretty well. 
amidst the screams and the hollers, <laughs> and he's quaking in his boots. Donald Trump is scared. His entire uh, staff of lawyers are afraid because they are afraid that they will have their offices and homes raided by the FBI. They're afraid of it. Uh, Hannity knows something. John Hannity of Fox News, he knows something because his name was brought up that his lawyer was hoping to keep secret, but the judge demanded to know, and Michael Cohen, the lawyer of Donald Trump, he had to spill the beans. Now Trump, uh, now, not now, Sean Hannity is trying to weevil his little ass out of it, and uh, it's not making it. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Folks, this is just, I don't know. I don't know. This is... This is better than the Avengers, huh? This is just horrible. A lot of people are just sitting back with their popcorn and and just waiting for some more some more of the salacious details come out. Uh, did did anybody hear about the PP tape? My goodness. Um, he was saying something that they were peeing on each other in 2013. I'm not sure. I don't have all the uh, details. I haven't read the book. I'm just saying what I've heard and read and about the PP tapes, which is disgusting. Uh, okay. This is this is, um, has urged that some of the uh, documents and data seized from his uh, from him under a warrant are protected by attorney and client privileges or otherwise unconnected to the investigation. I mean, when there is a warrant when the FBI breaks in your office and you're, and they have a warrant, they don't give a damn about client, attorney-client privileges. They're just uh, executing that warrant. Trump and his lawyers, and they are not above the law. <laughs> they are not above the law. After his identity was, was revealed, Hannity said on his radio show that he had never received an invoice from Cohen, nor had Cohen ever represented it, represented him in a legal matter. Then why is he bringing up your name? You think uh, he just pulled your name out of a hat and just gave it to the world? It's something there. It, it is something there, more than just him asking Michael Cohen questions. But there's more to come. I mean, there's always more to come. When you think this shit can't get any, can't get any more horrible, it does. And it's, it's, it's just bad for the United States. All, uh, no matter how you look at it, it's it's a bad thing to go through for this country to be going through. But we have to go through this because we have to take back this country in, in ways that were never uh, thought about before. We have to do that. These guys are just you know, bad guys. You know, I mean, uh, Comey said it best. Donald Trump is a mob boss. I always thought he was. I've said it several times on the show in the last few months that he was the godfather uh, of the White House. You know, I mean, screaming, yelling, pissy, being mean and nasty and vile not knowing what the hell he's doing in the first place. 
shouldn't be there in the first place. Even he thinks he probably shouldn't have been voted president. This is how Donald Trump thinks, but he doesn't want to give up the job because it's power. He wants power. He wants the power that the job uh, uh, gives him. Uh, stepping on, uh, cutting food stamps, health care, just making lives miserable. You know, this is what Donald Trump is about. Now his life is miserable. I don't see how he can govern. I, I don't see how he can get anything passed or done or through Congress with all of this shit swirling around him. Ladies and gentlemen, the George Wilder Jr. Show has now arrived.
I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. I am confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon, and I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. The important stuff first. There are seven routes in front of Trump. Each inevitably ends in his impeachment or resignation. The first, the likeliest, became a thousand times more likely with the Thanksgiving news of a possible deal between Robert Mueller and General Michael Flynn. As I reported here as long ago as April 4th, the most specifically qualified expert alive on the subject of prosecuting a president, my friend, the Nixon White House counsel John Dean, put it to me very simply. Mueller is not shooting down. Mueller does not make a deal with Flynn to get Paul Manafort. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Jared Kushner. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Trump Jr. Mueller makes a deal with Flynn to get Donald Trump. Period. The Flynn deal report suggests Mueller has completely assembled the backbone of his case and is now just hanging the meat from it. And just as importantly, if Flynn has merely considered a deal from Mueller, it almost necessarily means Flynn either doesn't believe he would get a pardon from Trump or that Mueller, as I've also reported here, has succeeded in finding a way around Trump's pardon power. And either of these near certainties spell Trump's doom. So that's the most obvious of the seven ways for Trump to go now. Mueller really will get him on Russia. It will be ugly and it will tear this country nearly apart, but it will be necessary. The second way is, as I've also repeatedly suggested here, that Mueller doesn't really need to prove anything about Trump and Russian sabotage of the election. There seems to be so much obstruction of justice from the firing of James Comey to the lies about Trump Jr.'s meetings with the Russians, that it's hard to pick out a key player in the Trump inner circle who could not be guilty of it. Trump could be impeached on just obstruction of justice and a few lesser charges. Nixon was about to be. Or there is a third way. We could be spared the trauma of a Russia impeachment or an obstruction of justice impeachment as we were spared it with Nixon if Trump is smart or just sufficiently scared enough, and he resigns. Or if he isn't, those around him who could still sell themselves by selling him out will force him to resign. A modified version of this, of course, is the fourth possible outcome, that even if Mueller is months away from his denouement, the Republicans will impeach or remove Trump by spring purely to save their own asses. The state elections in Virginia and Oklahoma earlier this month show what could face Republican incumbents nationwide next November. Not only were Democratic victories overwhelming, but half of them were little morality plays. The 26-year-old lesbian beats the Republican in the district Trump won by nearly 40 points a year ago. The transgendered candidate in Virginia beats the guy who wrote an anti-equality bathroom bill. The boyfriend of a news reporter shot to death on camera beats the Republican pro-NRA candidate. I'll say it again. Richard Nixon was not forced out of office by Democrats, not really even by Watergate. Democrats controlled the Senate and the House every day Richard Nixon was president. They could have impeached him at any point. He resigned when the leading Republicans went into the White House and told him that not only would he be impeached and convicted, but he would take all of them down with him and they were not going to let him do that. So that's the fourth way out. Trump becomes more of an albatross to Republicans and, more importantly, more of a rallying cry to Democrats, and the Republicans remove him before the midterms and then boastfully run for re-election on having removed him. 
The fifth end game is the same thing, only faster. The Republicans around him pull off that palace coup that is perfectly legal under the 25th Amendment, and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell eject Trump by simply stating he is unfit and getting their majorities to agree he's unfit. And if you don't think Pence and Ryan and McConnell would do that, you didn't see Trump's crazy tweet about the Man of the Year Award or this thing in front of the Native Americans on Monday, and you don't know Pence and Ryan and McConnell. The sixth means by which Trump leaves early is, of course, that if the Republicans don't impeach Trump before the midterms, the Democrats will be able to after the midterms. If Virginia and New Jersey and Oklahoma are indicators, the Democrats could take the House and might need as few as 25 vulnerable Republicans in the Senate to vote guilty to remove Trump from office. But now there is a seventh new path to destruction for Trump, and it has bubbled up from the sewer of his life recently. And even with how Teflon he has been on this particular subject, it seems hard to believe the dam won't break. His sexual conduct as not one snowball, but a decade's worth of them have come down that hill, wiping out all the sleaze bags and emboldening and empowering the victims. It seems impossible to believe that some claimant somewhere does not have tangible evidence against Trump and that they won't say to hell with it and break one of those non-disclosure agreements and Trump will suddenly be envying Harvey Weinstein. Trump himself inadvertently has hinted at this. The New York Times buried the lead on this over the weekend but it reported that earlier this year, Trump told a senator that the Access Hollywood pussy grabber tape was a fake. And he has said the same thing again recently to a White House staffer. He's obviously trying to work the refs of public opinion in advance for whatever is coming next, from a woman here or from Russia. So, I don't see any way out for Trump. Seven freight trains rushing at him. He might avoid a few. He might avoid six of them. He's not going to dance his way out from under all seven. And we, I think, should try to put ourselves in the mindset of those Americans who knew Richard Nixon was guilty as hell after John Dean finished testifying on June 27, 1973. But we're all left wondering if there would ever be a way to prove it. And we're left listening to a majority of the country saying Dean was lying and left watching nearly the entirety of the gullible news media saying, this was nonsense. Why would a president, even one as crazy as Nixon, ever do this? And more importantly, even if he were somehow guilty, how would he ever be dumb enough to leave any evidence of his guilt? And 16 days later, it turned out Virtually everything in the Oval Office had been taped, and the ballgame was over, even though it would last another 13 months. Well, this ballgame is also over, and I don't think it's going to last another 13 months. And so this series is over. This was intended as something temporary, a two-month project by somebody who had given up politics. And instead it became 187 commentaries and around 225,000 words and something approaching 400 million views. And I am proud of it and I repudiate none of it. And it has been my privilege to do it and I'm especially proud to have done these videos for free and for charity. But frankly, I have not enjoyed one minute of it. As I'm certain it has also been for you, for me, it has been unadulterated pain and revulsion and horror. The process has become nearly 24-7, and I've said so much that I can and have recycled old commentaries from months ago, and they have been fully applicable to breaking news. We've come full circle to such a complete degree that on Sunday, Trump tweeted a complaint about, quote, Russia, 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 
the title of the 46th episode of The Resistance from last March 14th was, quote, Russia, Russia, Russia. I've made my point. So now that I think the outcomes, the seven different inevitable outcomes, are unavoidable, I'd like to go back and enjoy some of my life again, and I'm going to. No illness, no scandal, no firing, just I've said what I've had to say. It was as obvious as I made it All seem. Right. I give my work everything I can, so it's not like I can dial it back. And I think even this dim-witted world of American political TV reporting, which is still calculating how to get Trump's idiot supporters to watch their networks and still waiting for Trump to pivot, even it can carry this the rest of the way. So I am retiring from political commentary in all media venues. This is not to say a bed of roses and reconciliation awaits us. The post-Trump America will be relieved of his prodigious evil, but in its place it will have Trump as living martyr. That prodigious evil and rank hypocrisy and immorality of his supporters, perhaps a third of us, will not vanish with him, and I'm not sure that the democracy has not been damaged too much to deal with their lawless, unprincipled rebellion, and I do not see this country's politics truly healing in the next 30 or 40 years. But at least the bleeding will be staunched. And we will have a chance to alter a phrase I heard somewhere to make America, America again. Thank you for all the kind words and all the support. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash G Wilder or, or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody.
Now lay me down before I go to sleep. In the troubled world, I pray the Lord to keep keep hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. Sign off right now, and, and I want you guys to have a great weekend. Have a great evening, whichever one comes first. Thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Make sure you join me tomorrow, 6 o'clock to 7, 38 o'clock, uh, whichever comes first uh, here on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in, and make sure you podcast the show once it's, once it's over. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.